from a broadcasting standpoint, I mean, when you're in the middle now of, of two seasons, do you find it hard to go back and forth between the sports? <laughs> yes. The yeah. uh, short answer to that would be yes, especially the first couple. I, I think there's always a, a transition when you're uh, doing a sport that you haven't done for a few months. Uh, I, I think that's always the first couple are always going to be the most difficult. And then, you know, when you go back to back days, it's it's just a different flow and it's a different energy. And uh, one's TV, one's radio, as you know. So uh, it's it's kind of a, a good old fashioned variety pack. But uh, it's this time of year, you go through that all the time. You know, you are juggling the two basketball, just kind of submarines right in there in the thick of football. And uh, we've just become accustomed to it. It'll be another uh, scenario this weekend and, and two fun ones to call. I mean, the, the final four team, I think they have a lot of revenge on their mind from a disappointing postseason. And then of course, George, was kind of a, a trap-type game that's mm-hmm. going to Starkville on a Saturday night against that offense. So I think uh, I think both will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, Georgia, let's talk the football side of it. A uh, big uh, emotional win over Tennessee. They played so well, especially their defense. And the uh, defense travels. That's what they say, defense travels. Uh, they will face a bit of a test in the passing game. How about Will Rogers? Um, he probably doesn't get the notoriety that he, he deserves being on a – Six and three team down in Starkville, but he can light up most any defense. But I think this, obviously, this Georgia defense is a cut above after what we saw last weekend against a great Tennessee offense. Yeah, I mean that's the beauty of the matchup. It's it's an offense that uh, just listening to Kirby Smart today and that he was talking about the Tennessee offense, the Mississippi State offense. While they're both explosive, they're they're entirely different. Tennessee tries to go with deep shots and beat you on that, whereas Mississippi State is more underneath and run after catch. That's been the, the staple of a Mike Leach offense now for 20 years. Uh, they're, they're tough to prepare for. They do have a defense in Starkville, unlike some of those other teams that were a little softer and a little more finesse. So I, I think Kirby knows what he's up against. And, you know, it's the top two passers in the league. It's kind of interesting with all the hype surrounding all the other quarterbacks that number one and number two passers are in this game with, with Will Rogers and Stetson Bennett. Yeah. What was your take on the way Georgia beat Tennessee? Anything there surprise you? I mean, Tennessee's I, offense was just going gangbusters, so you had a great offense going up against a great defense, and obviously the, the great defense won the day there. I just think the nature of how they dominated that game, that, that score was misleading. Tennessee did virtually nothing when it counted. Uh, you know, it's the closest thing that, that you could have to a shutout without having a shutout. Yeah. They they, they, they kept Hendon Hooker, who was number one on a lot of Heisman lists out there. They held him to, without a touchdown. Uh, they, they took him out of their offense. They sacked him seven times. Uh, I think I think Tennessee averaged two yards a carry. I mean, everything that they did, uh, Tennessee had no answer for. Uh, and it just was a reminder that even though Georgia had five first-round draft picks from that defense last year, they're still incredibly good. And that's the mark of when, you, when you've reached an elite status as a program, it's, it's being able to lose that kind of talent and then not miss a beat the next year. And that's, that's what makes Saban has done for years. 
uh, and that's what Kirby is doing now in Athens. What's the appropriate way to look at the Alabama season and this Alabama team? Uh, because they've lost one game, field goal, final seconds, I guess, last play, whatever, and then another game, both on the road, and then overtime, two-point conversion, or just two-point conversion. Was it overtime? I can't remember. Was it overtime down LSU, or is it just a two-point conversion? Whatever the case may be. No, it was overtime. Okay, so they've lost field goal, overtime, but, I mean, a loss is a loss, I guess, but when you're still trying to think about the best teams in the country, uh, do you think there's any temptation by anybody on the committee there to, if Alabama wins it out to um, try to get them in no. there? No. No. Okay. No. Two, not, a, not a two-loss team in a four-team playoff. Not, not going to happen. Um, are, are they one of the top four talented teams? You could make that argument, but it, it doesn't matter. At, the, at that point, it's no longer a beauty contest. With one loss, it's a beauty contest. Mm-hmm. With two losses, it's not. So – they're they're done. I mean they they are they are done. Uh, they're a good team with a terrific quarterback, but they're incredibly flawed and undisciplined and uh, on the back end of the defense. Uh, not to mention all the penalties. Uh, that's what that's what surprises me more than anything. Just to watch some of the the flawed technique of defensive backs that are uh, not looking back at the ball but looking at the receiver when they commit unnecessary pi. Fouls. I mean, that, that's just not Nick Saban football, but that's the way they played much of this year. Bryce Young is good enough to get my Heisman vote again, but he's, he, he, does, he hasn't had the help this year to be a national championship team. So they're, they're essentially done. You, you could be looking at an LSU-Georgia game in Atlanta. Um, I, don't, I give Brian Kelly a ton of credit because guy could flat-out coach, and he's already – that whatever they're paying them, they already got their money's worth with that result. You mean LSU-Georgia for the SEC championship? Yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta. Do you think a two-loss LSU that goes and beats Georgia for the SEC championship, I know I think Reese Davis, I think you tweeted this, Pat, or told me, Reese Davis said the other night that he doesn't believe LSU would get in running the table and winning the SEC championship. What do you think? It would be chaotic. It would be because it's hard to think of a playoff that doesn't have the SEC champ in it. We haven't been faced with that kind of uh, dilemma since the playoff was introduced nine years ago, a two-loss SEC champion. But I tend to side with Reese on that. I just think right now there's too many other good teams that are going to have either zero or one loss. So uh, I, I, they'd be very, very hard to get in that way. Just adding to what Phil said, Xavier, Reese Davis said this to the dismay or shock uh, of Scott Van Pelt during his show last night, but he went on to say not only does he not think LSU would make it even if they were to win the SEC championship, but he thinks that Georgia, even after losing the SEC championship game, would actually have a better chance of still reaching the playoff and then potentially even Tennessee. So he still thought there was a path to see two SEC yeah. teams make it, but neither of those being LSU. Well, I, I kind of agree with that. Now, that, that there, there's a lot of hypothetical in there, but but I think if, if Georgia gets to Atlanta undefeated, they're in. And if Tennessee just takes care of business, they're in. So I, I can see the logic there. 
uh, it's not automatic, and it would, it would force the committee to really uh, kind of anguish over that decision. It, gosh knows you don't want to deal with a, a bunch of ticked-off Cajun folks back in Louisiana, but, <laughs> but you might have to do it. But, Mike, in that scenario, let's let's keep LSU in there as the SEC champions. And then from what Pat's saying about Georgia and Tennessee both getting in, how do you square that with the national pundits or even in fans across the country that not only is the conference champion not in, there's one that didn't even win their own division that's in the playoff? Well, now, we've had that before, right? I mean, we had right. that one of the Alabama national championships a few years ago. They didn't make it to Atlanta. They got in. The Joel Claps of the world had a conniption. <laughs> and what did Alabama do? Alabama went in as a four seed, and they won the national championship, and the Joel Claps of the world wiped egg off their face for the, for the rest of the offseason. Um, so there is precedent there that that could happen, and I wouldn't be surprised if it does. But, I mean, look, we're, <laughs> we're going down a heck of a hypothetical path to have – LSU, first of all, make sure they get there, and then second of all, make sure they win the game. It could happen, but I'm not sure if uh, the odds are in in the favor of that happening. Mm -hmm. So not to continue down this path, don't mean for your head to explode here, Mike, but one more (laughs) hypothetical. I'm already hurting. Hold on. Let me get get the Tylenol. There you go. Take a deep breath here. So this question is more about timing for when losses occur. It seems like the later in the season you see a team, a contending team, lose, it is held against them more than if it's an opening season. And where I'm going with this is Oregon. Oregon. Exactly. They're 8-1 and one right now, number six in the country, leading the Pac-12. If they were to win, their only loss would be to Georgia to open the season. But they got destroyed. They got absolutely demolished, but it was the beginning of the year. They're not the same team. Their defense is better. Bo Nix is better. But then on the opposite side of that, I go with Ohio State and Michigan are both undefeated, but of course they still have a collision course against each other at the end of the season. If one of them were to lose, would that hurt them more, and could you see a one-loss Oregon then jump ahead of them just because of when they lost throughout the season? I, I still think this has been a, a decent year for the Pac-10. Uh, it, it's, it's been a kind of a resurgent year. Southern Cal and UCLA are relevant again. Utah is good. Oregon is good. That being said, I don't know if the love affair for a one-loss Oregon would match a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State. I think it would be close, but I just tend to think that we're, we're living in an SEC Big Ten world in terms of conference cred and and in the case of Michigan, it's no longer a Johnny-come-lately. They, they did it last year. They got to the playoff last year. Ohio State's been a regular contender for the playoffs. So I think one of those would have an edge in the committee's mind. And, again, we're not we're, because we're hypothetical uh, here, I don't know what the, the margin of victory is. I don't know how each team looked. I mean, so we're just going on you know, really generic parameters on, on making that call. I think it would be extremely close. But I, I think it'd be the one-loss Big Ten team over the one-loss Oregon team, even though the, the loss of the Big Ten would come later in the year, as you kind of laid out. Not so fast, my friend, before we get off this topic. So let's look yeah. at Clemson here. All right, let's just uh, say. How did I know you were going there? Let's just say the Tigers win 
their next five, uh, their next four, I'm sorry, three in the regular season, 11-1. and one. They beat North Carolina in all likelihood in the ACC championship game. They're sitting there 12-1, and one, all right? I think TCU will lose to Texas in Austin this weekend, all right? So there's their loss. And then Ohio State, Michigan, they're going to have at least one loss. One of those teams will have at least <clears throat> one loss. So that eliminates another undefeated team. There's no other undefeated teams. There'll be two undefeated teams at best, Georgia and either Ohio State or Michigan. Let's just say Ohio State. Say Georgia and Ohio State are the only two undefeateds. And there's Clemson, 12-1, and one, with Clemson's reputation. I mean, they're, they've won two national championships in six years. Should they not be looked at as a one-loss Alabama team would be looked at? Should they not just slide right past everybody else back into the top four? This is the beauty of local talk radio. You can you can look at it this way through the through those lenses, and yes, they'll be considered as a one loss team. Mm. Um, I just I don't like where are the quality wins. They they looked they did not look good at all against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is not a great team. Mm. And the ACC has, has had a disappointing year. So where where are we where are we getting the the metrics that are going to help put Clemson over the top? What, what's it What's it going to be? Uh, a dominating win in the ACC championship game? Well, I, I, I mean, I think, I, I, I don't know. according to Boo Kerrigan, it sounds like, you know, he considers hairstyles and uh, girlfriends as part of the uh, selection process, you know? How's <laughs> yeah. your, who's got yeah. the pretty girlfriends? And how's your, I mean, you read some of the comments. I mean, they're doing a deep, a deep dive into some of this stuff besides just looking at X's and O's. Yeah, I, I mean, look. These are impossible questions to answer what the 13 people in that room are going to think. I just don't think this is a great year for, for Clemson to have one loss and a, and a bad, not, not a bad loss in terms of competition, but a bad loss in terms of they didn't play well at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody in the Clemson camp would tell you that. And so that is, in, in, in a year like this where you're going to have potentially Three, four, maybe five quality one-loss teams. You know, you're you're separating Nat Dung out of Pepper. And where does Clemson stand in that equation? Who 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 do you have left? Like, what's what's left on the schedule that you can say, okay, you win this game convincingly, you're going to force the committee to take notice. What are we separating? Nat Dung out of Pepper. <laughs> Love it, <laughs> Nat. Dung out of pepper. Okay, I'm stealing. I'm stealing that line from the movie JFK. Yes, yeah, uh, and I'm scene. cleaning it up for your show. Hey, yeah, we appreciate that. Speaking too. of movies, guess who the corn had lunch with today? <laughs> Not really had lunch, but but met at lunch today. Guess who I met today? De Niro, Robert De Niro. Ooh, better than that. Uh, Paulie Shore. How about oh, Wow, Michael Myers, the actor. You did not. Have, you did not eat with Michael Myers. We didn't eat, but we. I'll send you the picture. We met at lunch. He's where? He's from Columbia. At at, at, at the Fazoli's and uh, no, in Blythewood. It, it, no, he, I, 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 it was at a restaurant in Columbia, and uh, he's from Columbia. He's friends with Ellis Johnson through their chiropractor, and uh, he comes walking in. He and Ellis and I are having lunch, and he's goes over and comes over and speaks to Ellis. Ellis says, you know who this is? I go, well, no. He goes, it's Michael Myers. And I said, Halloween Michael Myers? You know, yeah. 
the guy who played, his name is James Courtney. He's from Columbia. He played Michael Myers in Halloween 18 and Halloween the End. And I well, that, met him. That, that is impressive. You you obviously have reached a new strata of uh, celebrity, that's, and I admire you even more than before. That's bigger than meeting Stallone coming off the set of Cobra. Well, I don't know about that, but I have to say, you're the disease, and I'm the cure, Phil Cornblow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, you have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Good night. See ya. Tip your waiter on the way out, or waitress, whatever the case may be. Morgan loves to slip into his Cobra impersonations. Go That's ahead and blow great. it up. I don't shop here anyway.